Welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray Heron, and joining me for the first time in God knows how long, it's Matthew Day Gillett. Yes, I am still alive. Somehow. <laughs> I feel like a bit of a zombie. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Oh, let's recount the week. So we uh, we went into Shiny Side Up, which was busy as all hell. Uh, you did the news for four weeks while I gallivanted around the country, and then a baby popped out. Yeah, I basically dropped off the face of the planet. We had a couple of things pre-recorded, I think, so I think I physically could have recorded for an extra week or so, but um, you let me have the whole start the holiday early. The, the holiday, I say in inverted commas. The holiday. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten what how much broken sleep sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's not flash, eh? No. Um, yeah, I thought thought it was a bit rough with uh, the one or two wake-ups with the little fella, but little girl, oh man, she's the noisiest sleeper in the world as well, which doesn't help. So give us all the information. Little girl born when and how big and name and all that jazz. Uh, all right. Uh, Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, little girl, Isabel, born the 16th of March by a, a planned caesarean section this time, uh, not the uh, absolute shit show that was the first one's birth. Um, and she was, oh, wait for it, three... I can't remember how much she weighed. Um, she was a whole... She was right down the centre from what I remember. Yeah, she was a whole pound lighter than the little fella, but I can't remember how much he was either. I think she was seven pounds, three ounces or something. Or, yeah, she was somewhere around that. She wasn't as big as uh, my wee fella was. Um, but then again... I remember saying to the wife at the time when you told me, oh, she wasn't she wasn't as big as my young fella, but she wasn't small either. She was right down the centre. Yeah, yeah, she was a good size. Um, yeah, cause the plan Caesars, they do them a Big enough early. to keep. You didn't want to throw her back. No, no, definitely not. Um, but no, everything went smoothly. And uh, yeah, this time at, in the hospital, I got to actually sleep in a bed, um, which was like really, really flash. Uh, they had a fold down bed in the... Um, Oh, in the ladies' ward for me. Um, in the we had a private room. Um, I was, I'm telling you, it was flash as if it wasn't for the whole uh, COVID nineteen and the world going into lockdown while we were in there. Yeah. So when did we go into lockdown com- compared to that? Was there a week in between? The uh, the following week. Um, but the first cases reported in the Waikato were the same week that uh, Isabel was born. So yeah, it was a, a wee bit of a scary time and. Um, yeah, we basically, as soon as we could, we hightailed it out of there and came back home, and that's basically where we've been ever since. Wow. So the baby's first five weeks have been in lockdown. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they're calling them, um, oh, what are they, quarantinis is what they want to call this generation, uh, <laughs> born in 2020. So the quarantine babies. And how's things been ever since? I mean, you got rid of your bike, so you didn't have the temptation of riding it. Yeah, what a stupid move that was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to say anything at the time, but so hang on, you didn't get rid of it. You sent it to your parents' place. Yeah, so it's uh, on the farm in the Coromandel. Um, it's not like when you send a dog to the farm, it hasn't gone off to die. Um, it's just <laughs> sitting there locked up in their um, shed with uh, Dad's uh, little posty bike, with, I think it was a CT110, and his Triumph Tiger. Um, and, yeah, it's in good company. Um, hasn't been turned on ever since. Um, though I did tell Dad he's allowed to take it for a fang up and down the uh, gravel road if he wants. Well, that'd probably be, probably be a good uh, a good bike to ride around the farm, wouldn't it? What, what what's your dad farming? Um, I oh, got a, got a few cows, a lot of chickens, um, 
and a mad dog that just doesn't stop moving. Oh, 250 would be perfect for rounding up those cows. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, yeah, whether or not the rally with its fairings and dad's ability to ride off-road come into factor is another thing. But um, <laughs> oh yeah, it was, like, it was a good move at the time. The idea was baby was going to be born and... Um, so as we've discussed before, the bike lives in my rumpus room. I don't have a garage per se. It lives in the rumpus room. And I wanted the extra space for um, grandparents to come and stay in the house. And we've got two sets of grandparents. They're both eager to come and spend time with the baby. And I was like, sweet. Well, I could put the blood bed and then like the brothers and uncles and stuff can come and visit. And then, yeah, we went into lockdown and um, I've got an empty rumpus room. It's like, well, it's not empty. It's filled with washing and currently two prams, um, which are nowhere near as fun to look at. Um, and yeah, it's sort of like, well, all right, I've done nothing but think about my motorbike ever since. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just hope that uh, lockdown doesn't last uh, too much longer, and 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 maybe that that baby of yours grows up a bit, and uh, you can actually get out for another ride. What's the what's the plan? Have you got a plan for getting a bit more rego on there and getting out on it? Yeah, well, it's rego put on hold um, for about three or four months. Can't remember how long. Um, because even being a 250, it's still 400 bucks a year to rego, um, which ain't cheap. Um, but I suppose it's cheaper than a, a big bike. Um, and yeah, anyway, so I've spent a lot of time, apart from browsing various uh, New Zealand distributors, websites looking for parts and accessories. Um, got my own, I set a really nice looking Givy bags from the Eurobike website, by the way. I've been planning out riding routes. Um, so I've got, let's face it, I don't have a hell of a lot of time on my hands, um, but um, I'll have even less so with two children in the house. But um, yeah, putting the young fellow to bed is uh, one of my main jobs every night and that takes about half an hour. So I spend that time sitting at the end of his bed or in the chair next to his bed, uh, looking at Google Maps and deciding where I want to go. So I've got a couple of routes uh, planned out. What's What's been your criteria? What have you been looking for when you've been planning these routes? Ah, right. Well, basically I want to have a good blat on some gravel. Um, which there's surprisingly not a lot around quite local to me in Cambridge. Um, so uh, I have to go at least oh, 45 minutes, half an hour to an hour away to find a decent gravel road. So um, I've got three three rides I've managed to plan out solidly so far. Uh, so I'll go through them in, in uh, the order that I put them together. So the first one was um, I've got this fantasy of taking the little fella camping this coming summer. Who knows if it'll actually happen, uh, but I want his first camping experience to be in the Coromandel because I can sort of do a night in a tent and if it absolutely sucks, well, we can just cruise down the coast and go to my parents' place. Um, so, yeah, sort of I want to scout out uh, some of the dock campgrounds in the Coromandel, um, particularly the northern end of the Coromandel Peninsula. So that's Waikowel Bay, Stony Bay, Kennedy Bay and Port Jackson. And so I've got a little route to get up there. And there's actually some brilliant gravel roads um, going up the Coromandel Coast. So it's all, most of the route uh, is pavement uh, from Cambridge all the way up to Tapu. Uh, but then you do the Tapu Coroglen Road, which apparently is quite stunning. Uh, takes you uh, east, west, no, west to east across the Coromandel Ranges. Then you pop up. Um, ride north for about well, 5k or so and then you end up uh, going back east to west along the uh, infamous 309 road uh, to Coromandel. Uh, you pop out just below Coromandel uh, then riding up 
uh, jumping onto Kennedy Bay Road, uh, riding along to Waikowau Bay, which is on the east coast of the Coromandel uh, in the northern end, riding all the way up uh, the coast to Stony Bay, which uh, from the old dock website, it looks like an absolutely stunning place to stay. Um, and apparently the fishing's meant to be pretty good around there too. Um, then from Stony Bay, looping back down, uh, I think down to Colville um, before heading north up to Port Jackson, which is that northernmost tip of the Coromandel. Um, according to um, Google Maps, it is 6 hours and 40 minutes, 286 k's of straight riding uh, in one direction. 286 k's, and they reckon that's going to take you six hours. Wow. Yeah, well, apparently, um, I think most of the, you get to, like, it's, what, uh, an hour, maybe an hour and 20 minutes to Thames, um, half an hour to Tapu, and then it's mostly gravel roads from there. So <laughs> that'll be where all the uh, the slowing comes from. Um, but yeah, that's that's my first uh, dream ride that I want to hopefully achieve uh, once we uh, are allowed to go ride for pleasure. Um, and another one I've been thinking of, um, and I made an actual loop out of it, um, is going from my place in Cambridge out to Tiakau Wharf, which uh, overlooks Raglan. Um, you go out to there, and then you can basically ride the coastline straight north uh, via Nikau Caves uh, up to Port Waikato, um, go for a thing on the beach there, and then loop back uh, through Pukikawa, Ringariri, um, and then down State Highway 1, uh, have a bit of a play on the new uh, expressway uh, back to Cambridge. Um, which, yes, shorter ride, uh, five hours and 52 minutes, 311 k's that one. Um, but that's a good day, a day route, um, day route. Um, and that's uh, easier route, the road between I did say route. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm always confused route or route. Was it route or route? Route every, every, every time you say route, I get to say you said route. So just say, bro. It's about the only route I can. Uh, Radio, uh, but yeah. Uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah, Cross from over that one, okay. Yeah, Tia- from Tiako, uh, well, that coastal road, Port Waikato down to uh, Raglan is uh, quite a nice bit of coastline. Um, I've also got another one where I wanted to go all the way down uh, to. Uh, oh, where is it? Here we go, the Big Loop. Um, so, well, not a big loop. It's only 220k, uh, three hours, 45 minutes, apparently. Uh, and basically doing south of Raglan, uh, doing the Raglan coast. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's a nice spot. Ah, well, somehow I've changed it. But see, this is a problem when you're using, uh, Google maps on your phone to make out, uh, routes. Haha. You don't get to say it that time. Ah, yes. Sod. Um, you can kind of stuff up your, um, directions a wee bit uh, but i want to basically go uh, explore south of tiawamutu uh, just west of otrahonga um, there's apparently a whole lot of uh, gravel roads in the ranges behind there and you can basically go down to the i think it's the kafia harbour right along the coast there and then you can hook up through the mountains and ride the coast up to raglan and that raglan coast roads um I had to play with Chris Power from the Dirt uh, along that road. Well, it feels like a year ago because it probably was. Um, and, yeah, it was good fun. So wanted to have a go there. And that's the three I've actually planned out. 
another one I've been spending a lot of time on the adventure riding New Zealand uh, forums as well and uh, came across the 42nd Traverse um, ride in the Central Plateau. Oh, yes. I've heard a bit about this. I don't know anything about it apart from the fact that it's a, a stunning piece of road. Uh, and as I say, that is that is literally it. But it's it's um, the photos I've seen, it's definitely right up there with something I want to do as well. Yeah, and um, apparently uh, it is an actual road, so you technically need to have a bike with a license plate on it and up-to-date rego and warrant of fitness. Um, but it can take anywhere from an hour and a half to four hours, depending on your riding and uh, prevailing conditions. Um, and it's just a good uh, dirt road, adventure sort of track. A lot of four-wheel drivers do it um, as well. And I actually have some mates who have done it in four-wheel drives and somehow managed to leave a four-wheel drive down a ravine. Is it still there? No, because yeah, um, thankfully they had insurance and um, they had to, uh, yeah, it was a very costly recovery from what I understand. Um but uh, yeah, things can go wrong, and if they can, they will. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, um, I've been spending a lot of time on the Adventure Ride in New Zealand website as well, looking at places I'd like to go. Um, there's always, of course, the South Island fantasy as well, but I think uh, the cost of a ferry crossing is a bit prohibitive uh, at this point in time. Uh, but enough about me. What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Man, I've been up to so much. So I did the four weeks of Shiny Side Up, and uh, podcast listeners, I won't bore you with that because you've listened to it all, all already. Um, I got to catch up with uh, Brent Cotton. Uh, well, I was oh, nice how's Brent doing? He's, he's good. He's good. He's asking us when we're going for a ride next. Of course, this was pre-lockdown. <laughs> um, another thing that we were marvelling about uh, the other day was the fact that we got all four weeks of Shiny Side Up done before the COVID-19 lockdown hit, which was very lucky. Yeah, how lucky been, is that? It would have been so, it would have been so sad to cancel an event for COVID-19. Uh, that said, so many events did get cancelled. We were going to go to uh, Tussock Buster, and we <laughs> didn't. I'm starting to think Tussock Buster's cursed. I'm starting to think that too. Uh, so that is that is another thing I was um, I've have spent a lot of time doing is uh, watching your Tussock Buster videos on your YouTube page. And I think you were watching the videos from the last time that we did Tussock Buster too. Yeah, in 2018, and I was sort of sitting there, been thinking like, oh. Well, I could probably get away with most of this on my rally. And then there's a couple of hill climbs I go, yeah, nah, I <laughs> can't do that on my rally. <laughs> Yeah, no. not with the current gear. Bra- Bra- Bravo Two Zero is probably the most infamous um, hill climb, and I was talking to uh, editor Kiwi writer Ben Wilkins uh, because 2018 he was also there. He was doing some of the marking out for that uh, Tusk Buster event, and he struggled to get up Bravo Two Zero. So if Ben struggles to get up something or ride something, you know it's tough. You don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, that said, uh, actually, uh, Bravo Two Zero, I got halfway up it. it uh, so the weather turned to custard and it was very slippery and slimy and they were about to close it and I gave it a nudge I got halfway up picked a couple of different lines had to backtrack whatever got up on went off on the right hand side of the trail and then suddenly the the ground kind of subsided under me and I slipped down a little bit and I, I dropped off to the right so I went down the bank and the bike came down the high side on top of me Ooh. and suddenly I had my foot under the bike and I was wedged between tussocks and I couldn't actually get out <laughs> and I was riding with a mate and I was like oi give me a hand and uh, they couldn't hear me because I was down the bank oh, and so uh, there's actually a video of me going oh what am I going to do now all right and struggling and it, t- it took me about five minutes to actually get out from under the bike and and then I had to manhandle the bike back up the bank but um that was interesting. That doesn't sound like fun, but it also does kind of sound like a 
it's one of those things that you do and you're like, oh man, that sucked at the time, but it makes a good story. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, and, and the fact there's video footage of it's just even better. Uh, oh, that was also the trip that uh, I did a river crossing and I got to the other side and I was like, whew, done that river crossing, I'll have a quick break. And then a helicopter landed, a guy got a rope out from under the helicopter, hook, hooked it up to a bike and then just took off. Yeah. And we were, we, and, and, and the video, this video footage of the helicopter right in front of me and then the bike is suddenly uh, above me and that was um, kind of unnerving, but also quite cool because it's something you don't see every day yeah you wouldn't want uh you'd want to hope that that bike was uh, properly secured you would uh, yeah. that's the last thing you want falling out of the sky well the, the the chain was just around the headstock around the handlebars and i'm like man i hope the um Ooh. i hope the the bearings and everything stay hope together. the clamps are good yeah <laughs> um what else have we been up to so uh well we were about to do a um a test on some bluetooth communication equipment i've got a uh Cardo Pack Talk Bold attached to my helmet right now. Ooh, that's the nice uh, top of the line one, isn't it? Oh, it's the best one they do. Yeah, it's real good. Uh, and and spoiler spoiler alert, it is really good. Uh, <laughs> but we haven't had we haven't actually been able to get out and play with it. Uh, I was actually going to take because I got a twin set. We we're going to take them up to um, Tusk Buster and we we're going to um, use them in the dirt as well as on the road. And uh, that's you know still in the pipeline, but not at Tusk Buster, obviously. Yeah. Um, a new set of tyres for the MTO7, although it hasn't been out. It's um, if anyone's watching the video that I'm recording right now, uh, it's it's oh you can't actually see because I got one of those silly little virtual background things. We're recording using Zoom, and it's the first time we've used Zoom. Uh, so if you do get to see this video, um, here you go. If you look out there, there's me uh, MTO7 out there somewhere. Yeah. Can't see the new tyres though. What are, you, what are you running? There's no new tyres. That's the thing. Oh, there's none. Uh-huh. Uh, we couldn't get them done because uh, while, you know, we were working on the plan, COVID-19 hit and we had to go into lockdown. So that hasn't happened. Uh-huh. Hopefully. So the canvas is still showing through the side the tyres, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Ooh, uh, through that soft shoulder of the um, Michelin Road 5s, which were really good, really good tyres, don't get me wrong, but I've kind of thrashed the life out of them, so they're, um, they're buggered. <laughs> uh, so hopefully going into level three, which we will be in once this podcast comes out, uh, we'll have some new tyres for the MTO7. I'll be able to get out and do the new, the new project, which I've been working on. Nice. Uh, which I'll reveal to you now, right? All right, cool. So uh, going into lockdown, uh, the company, uh, the, the company, the uh, the economy's tanked, right? We're stuffed. Uh, we need to buy local, we need to spend the money locally, and we need to do that to keep the local bike shops in work and employed. Uh, not just the bike shops, but, you know, everyone in New Zealand, but we're talking about motorbikes, so that's where it, where it is. Um, my main employment have cut my pay, so I now can't afford to ride into work every day so i'm supplementing my income and doing a bike test at the same time ah, that's a clever way of doing i've that. signed up for oh, oh i said the name i shouldn't have said that i've signed up for a food delivery company which will be back in action from level three very cool so how are you gonna is it, are you gonna deliver like food and stuff inside your uh, ventura luggage is that how it's going to work? How's it- Interesting you ask, Matt. Um, went down to the head office today to have that conversation, and they said, no, no, we, you've got to use our insulated bags. Ooh. Their insulated bags are like half a metre by half a metre by 400. 
they're huge big square things they're big enough to get a 12 inch pizza inside a box in right nice and so i've got the ventura evo rack on the mt07 but i had to take the pack off and use their big square metal grate with the big square cube box sitting on top of it and now the mt07 handles like a truck like a massive like a sailing ship yeah it's got this massive box on it on the back which catches the wind it's hanging so far over the back wheel that the, the even the even with mild acceleration you, you the front wheel gets real light Ooh. Uh, and and you know it's just really unsafe have you jacked up the preload on the uh, rear shock yeah we well, I haven't yet I'm gonna have to though I'm gonna have to do something because it's it's kind of scary to ride so I had to ride it from Central Wellington all the way up State Highway 2 back to to Lower Hutt and over to Wainui Mata and on the motorway she was you know really light in the front end and then you get a little gust and you feel the back of the bike just do a little shimmy and you're like oh i don't it's very unnerving bringing back memories of when i used to try and do grocery shopping with my uh, ventura rack on my first bike so in signing up for the company you have to go through um, the health and safety processes which is you know a big long video and a, a bunch of questions where you have to answer and i was i was proud to say that i got 100 percent on the health and safety test but Ooh. then they, they you know do something accused you of cheating well no 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 no. They, <laughs> so it's all they all they care about your health and safety on one hand but then they want you to go and put a big dirty great rack on the back of your bike mm. uh, on the other which to me feels unsafe but anyway we'll give it a crack uh tuesday will be my first day delivering from 5 p.m through to 9 p.m uh on the mt07 and my main concern is that i make enough money to pay for the gas that i'm putting in the bike uh hopefully i can get you know one night uh one you know one tank per night yeah. so i get about 200 k's to the tank on the mt07 at the moment so um yeah and then hopefully the new tires arrive wednesday we can get them on the bike wednesday thursday and then we're legal but um that's I mean, long story short uh you're getting an insight now into my next story for kiwi rider magazine nice um what else has been going on uh you will have heard in the last few weeks we've been catching up with a whole bunch of uh, brands suppliers importers and motorcycle shops uh talking about what they've been doing during lockdown and how it's impacted them uh if you didn't listen to those episodes go back through and have a listen to them because they're well worth having a listen to uh we caught up with triumph suzuki uh southern suzuki in invercargill mcr in dunedin uh bayride motorcycles cmg motorcycles in christchurch um who else did we talk to uh rodney from eurobike oh nice uh, so we caught up with a lot of people throughout new zealand in the motorcycling industry um so go and ha- go back and have a listen to those episodes they're marked as um le- they're marked as lockdown week one two three and four yeah because uh yeah we're officially uh, moving into level three so we're not technically locked down to the extent we were are we no we're not locked down but then there are the people if you read into the the word of the law and and you know what what jacinda's been saying and 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 listen to the conspiracy theorists it's basically level three is level four with kfc which let's face it i'm not going to be going uh, and sitting in the kfc or the macca's drive-through line anytime soon um who the hell wants to do that like man i thought about it i thought about like i was like oh yeah down to level three i want some I want some kfc or i want a burger or i want something decent but then i thought the amount of you know the amount of cues 
there are going to be. It's going to be and, insane. And a lot of your fast food, your valued fast food employees can't make the burger make it look like it does on the poster when they're not busy. So they're <laughs> going to be that busy. I don't even want to. I don't want to go anywhere near it. Yeah. But I would like to see any photos of any of our listeners that do get KFC, McDonald's, Burger King, whatever it might be, post the photos up on the Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and search Kiwi Rider Podcast. Yeah, yeah. I take it you haven't tried to make the homemade KFC. I've been seeing a lot of uh, attempts to make homemade KFC. Funny you say that. I've actually got the recipe uh, in my notes app right here. <laughs> uh, and I was going to until I realised uh, exactly what was in it. There's a lot of ingredients in it. Yeah. Yeah, and also you need like a heap of oil because you actually still have to deep fry it for 15 minutes. you got to deep fry it, exactly. And and I don't have a deep fryer and I didn't want to put all that much oil into into a pan. I didn't want to use that much oil. Oil's expensive. Flour, oregano, thyme, brown ginger. I didn't realise there was different colours of ginger. Garlic powder, mustard powder, celery salt. Didn't even know that was a thing. Black pepper, sea salt, uh, two tablespoons of white pepper. Now we're being racist towards the pepper. Paprika, and then of course your chicken. Uh, basically Basically, it's a whole lot of salt. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, so much salt. So much salt it could block up your arteries, eh? Oh, nutso. Yeah, I'm going to stick to the uh, homemade meals, I think. Um, slightly healthier. One thing that's been really, really good uh, since we went into Level 4 lockdown is we've been releasing two episodes a week, uh, which people have been absolutely getting amongst on. It's been it's been so good to be able to supply that content to keep people entertained, but it's been even better to see people getting amongst on the episodes. Uh, I wanted to take a minute to say g'day to a few of our listeners around the world. So 72% of the listeners to this podcast are from good old New Zealand. So g'day to 72.41% of our listeners. <laughs> Where do you think the next biggest country that listen to this podcast are, Matt? Aussie? Yes, Australia. 16.75% of our listeners in Aussie. G'day, how you doing? Another shrimp on the barbie, as I think Americans like to take the piss out of Australians with. Um, third on the list is... Um, well, I've just found where you put the list, so I can actually see that. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the US of A, which, you not not a huge surprise there. Um, the rest of the list I find is quite interesting, though. Next up is India, which, I mean, they've got, they've got uh, quite a big motorcycling population, but we don't exactly market ourselves to the Indians, do we? No, I wouldn't say we do. Um, Japan as well. Uh, coming in next. Well, we talk a lot about Japanese bikes, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, oh, where do, what was next? Uh, Spain. Um, well, Spanish motorcycles. There are quite a few of those around these days. The UK. The UK, I, I would expect to see on the list. But the next one, do they even have roads? Ooh, I keep clicking out of my uh, screen. <laughs> <laughs> Papua New Guinea's next on the list, followed by Brazil. So g'day to everyone who's listened to this podcast. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast because it means that we can prattle on about motorbikes it's been absolutely outstanding uh and we're also we've had a new listening uh record for the month um which is even better yeah speaking of papua new guinea i do believe they do have roads but they also have some really tremendous dirt biking there Ooh, maybe we've got a an adventure uh contingent listening from papua new guinea yeah maybe uh oh, what what else what else can we have a yarn about um 
I feel like there's just still so much we can catch up on. There is a lot we can catch up on. I, so, for the listeners that don't know the behind the scenes of the podcast, we we have a we have a document that we we dump um, interesting news stories and little bits and pieces to talk about of of content in throughout the week, and then we get to a Sunday night and we generally talk about the whole list. And once we've talked about it, we delete it. We haven't really done that today. The interesting thing is. Well, no, we haven't, but we've also been dumping stuff in this document since the last time we talked, which is before Shiny Side Up, basically two months. And since COVID-19, the interesting thing is that most of the stuff on here feels obsolete. It feels small fry. It doesn't seem to have the same impact that it might have when we actually put it in the document. Yeah. I've got a couple of like sort of things we can yarn about uh, moving forward in mind. Um, but yeah, this, just the stuff in there, like having a having a yarn about uh, what was it uh, I saw there? Uh, the different sides of the road that countries uh, ride on. Um, yeah, like we're not we're not exactly going to be travelling anytime soon. So I felt a lot of good. I can't even remember what prompted that conversation. To be honest, I don't know. It's been sitting in there for at least two months. <laughs> oh, we've talked about that now. Did you know that uh, one hundred and sixty five? Countries drive on the right and 75 on the left. And we're one of the few that drive on the left. Yeah. Oh, we've talked about that now. Off it goes. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> oh, here's an interesting one. I saw it uh, on social media, uh, an interesting way to clean your chain. Uh, I've, You know the old story where you put a nail in, um, in a bottle of Coke and it will eat through the whole nail, you know, within a week and it will be gone. Yep. And I think there's an urban myth about it. And on the, in America, they use Coke syrup to clean blood off the highways after crashes. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's dark. Sorry. But it should be no surprise that chain and sprockets can be cleaned uh, using a mixture of distilled water, vinegar, bicarbonate soda, Coca-Cola and lemon juice, plus a dishwasher tablet. Uh, I don't believe the before and after photo that's been posted on this story because the after photo has a brand new sprocket where the before photo has a rusty old one. And it's not actually attached to a, a motorcycle either. Just keep saying bicycle. I'm losing it. We'll talk about you and your bicycle shortly, but uh, let's finish the topic at hand. <laughs> So, yeah, they say submerge the chain and sprocket in the solution for 45 minutes. Remove and scrub with a hard brush. Reheat solution to almost boiling and submerge for another 25 minutes. Remove, rinse, dry in the microwave for three to five minutes. Obviously, this is a piss take because you can't put metal in the microwave. Well, you can. It's just as... Well, I've actually never done it, so... Uh, I once... You know those little Aunt Betty's puddings and they've got the little metal, uh, little tinfoil rip-off thing on the top? Oh, and if, yeah. if you rip, If you don't rip it off properly and there's a little shard of tinfoil still on the plastic cup, you put them in the microwave, you get a, um, a fireworks show, essentially. Ooh, didn't know that, but that seems like terrible uh, design by Aunt Betty's. Anyway, uh, we'll remove that from the list because we have talked about it. Something that's been floating around uh, social media for the last week or so is the U-Turn Challenge, um, also known as the Driveway Challenge. It started pretty much, uh, it's been a thing for a long time, but I saw a lot of videos at the start of lockdown, and towards the end of lockdown, we started it on the Kiwi Rider Facebook page. Uh, I did it on my MTO 7 I tried to talk Ben into doing it on his on the MotoGuzzy V85TT that he's got in his garage at the moment. Uh, Jock did it on a couple of bikes, including a dirt bike, but the dirt bike he put his foot down on, 
Um, it, yeah, but it looked cool, didn't it? it? Did like, cool. come on. A lot of people- But he's also it. got a really like wide, like, his driveway is basically like a triple wide shed. Um, so he had plenty of space to do it as well. Though on the Africa 20, he did do a nice tight U-turn. He did, he did, he surely did. Uh, other people that completed it for us were uh, Jake Whitaker. Uh, he did it with some flair on his two-stroke uh, KTM uh, Enduro machine. Uh, Jane Whitaker did it standing up on the seat. Uh, and 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 Matt, you were um you were feeling a little bit left out. I was a wee bit, yeah. Um, and so I went into the uh, into the cupboard and got out all my bike gear. Um, unsurprisingly enough, with the amount of baking everyone's doing at the moment, um, my trousers were a wee bit tight. Um, but I, I successfully got on all my gear. I had my uh, Scorpion Exo Adventure helmet on. I put my Oakley goggles on. Um, even put on my old uh, MX gloves um, that I somehow found while cleaning uh, stuff, as you do. Um, and, yeah, then I got on the two-wheeled beast and I pulled it off. And it sounded epic. Let me just crank up this piece of uh, audio right here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's got to be a it's a four cylinder right there, isn't it? <laughs> I was going for V twin, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I was going to go even further. I was going to dress up the bike with uh, cardboard and all this, and uh, yeah, basically make it look a bit more motorbikey. And then I sort of ran out of time, and as you do when you've got small people in your house, so you make plans and they don't happen. So I did what I could, um, but it felt. So, so you essentially you cut the vegetation away from the bicycle that's been down the side of your shed for however long, long enough for a, a whole vine to go through the wheel. Oh, uh, it wasn't just a vine; it was a cucumber. Yeah, I'm growing a <laughs> cucumber between the spokes. Yeah, getting that out was tricky. Did you get? Uh, did you make a salad after that? Not with that cucumber. No, I didn't really trust it because the spokes on the bikes are all rusty. Um, so <laughs> you didn't want to get tetanus. So you, you cut away the cucumber. And then you went, right, let's go do a U-turn. A, a for effort. I had to pump up the tyres first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well done. Well done. I did say uh, points for creativity. So well done. Since then, there's been people <laughs> jumping over their driveway. There's been people on, um, there was a fully grown man on a CRF 50. Crazy Craig. Yeah. That, that man's got a screw loose. Um, he's very, yeah, he's infamous, shall I say, for tackling the cold Kiwi hill climb on very inappropriate bikes. Outstanding. So we would love to see your uh, your driveway challenge, your U-turn challenge. Uh, you can upload it to your own Facebook page and tag Kiwi Rider, or you can message the Kiwi Rider Facebook page and we'll work out the details of that. Or you can just email it to us, uh, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz, um, which is basically how you get hold of us any other time so if you've got anything that you would like to have a yarn to us about we'd love to hear from you email us podcast at kiwirider.co.nz jump on kiwirider.co.nz and have a listen have a look at the latest magazine which came out last week there's some absolute gold in there uh, as well as um ben's rebuilds start of the rebuild of the red baron yes, uh that wasn't what i was thinking but yes he is he has um been pulling apart the red baron and doing some work on that i think most of or a lot of that work was actually done in the workshop in Parapara Umu, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was um, pre-lockdown days as well, um, before, uh, geez, 
because he took it for quite an epic ride and this is a ride I want to do. It's on my list, but I haven't mapped it out because it involves the South Island. Um, but he went and did, I think, the Molesworth. Um, and I think he may have done the Rainbow Road as well um, for a GS um, rally or something on yeah, it. Yeah, it was the uh, the annual GS uh, owners, BMW GS owners club rally or some such thing. Um, there's a there's a podcast episode about it. Feel free to uh, to scroll back a few episodes. Yeah, so that that'll be when he started this, but he's still going. Um, I've been in touch with Ben, and um, oh, what's he missing at the moment? I think he's looking for exhaust exhaust parts at the moment uh, to redo the exhaust and suspension. And the the forks for the and the forks for the Red Baron are not with the Red Baron. It's up on blocks at the moment. Um, but the one story that I did want to bring to your attention that is in the latest Kiwi Rider magazine is 10 reasons for buying and riding a motorcycle to save yourself and the planet. And I believe this was written by one Veg. Ah, by the publisher. I was wondering who wrote that. Well, that's what it seems to me anyway. So um, do do uh, jump jump on uh, kiwirider.co.nz or you can just Google Kiwi Rider Jumag Kiwi Rider J O M A G, and you'll get uh, the Kiwi Rider magazine direct. Then it doesn't matter if you've subscribed subscribe before; you'll still get a little pop up saying "Please subscribe." If you haven't subscribed before, subscribe because it doesn't cost you anything, and it, you'll get the magazine direct to your inbox uh, as soon as as soon as it's released. And to be honest, it's the most reliable way to get that magazine because I get it to my inbox before uh, Matt uh, before Ben tells me that it's even out yeah well ben doesn't even tell me it's out i just get it and uh it's a nice bit of uh evening reading when it uh, pops out it's normally on a tuesday or a wednesday night every couple of weeks also in the latest magazine is uh, jock mclaughlin's thoughts on the latest the 2020 suzuki rmz 250 there's also a second uh opinion by one Brad Groombridge, I believe. I think there's also a third opinion on that bike as well. Uh, so a very well-rounded review, that. By Seton Head. So check out the latest Kiwi Rider magazine. Hit, uh, hit the subscribe button. If you wouldn't mind on this podcast, um, hitting the like and subscribe button. If you've got a comment, chuck it in the comments below. We'd absolutely thank you for it. Uh, and it means that we can justify to the penny pinches that making this podcast is worth it. Uh, we're back to single episode weeks now that we're into COVID-19 alert level three. So make sure that you are staying at home as much as possible. I think the uh, official line is if you can work at home, please do so. Uh, you're allowed to go and do some water sports now, but you're not allowed to go and ride your bike for joy rides. You're allowed to take your bike if you need to go to and from work, go to the supermarket, whatever. So make the most of being able to get out on two wheels that way. Yeah, it kind of sucks because apparently I could go kayak fishing if I wanted, but I can't ride on my motorbike. I suppose it kind of works in my favour because I do have the kayak, fishing kayak here with me, but I'd rather ride the motorbike. When you do, when you put it that way, it does seem a little bit strange. But hey, let's not let's not rock the boat yeah. on that one. Yeah, let's. This not. is Kiwi Rider Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. As I said, hit that like and subscribe button if you want to get hold of us. Email us podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. Otherwise, I've been Ray. I've been Matt. Keep your rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time.